Hi, I'm Lisa Leong, and there's little in life I love more than a hack. So for the bonus today, we're delving into some crucial tech hackbacks with international best-selling author, former Stanford lecturer and behavioural design expert, Nir Eyal. Okay, Nir, hit me. Let's start with email. Email. Okay. So email is the number one most distracting technology in the workplace. Uh, And many of us feel like we are absolutely chained to our inboxes. And so when we study how do we help people reduce the time they spend on email, it's something that most people with an email account would love to have less time spent in their inbox. We have to realize that the cardinal rule here is that if you want to receive fewer emails in a given period of time, you have to send fewer emails in a given period period of time. Because what we have found is there's a Harvard Business Review study that found that 25% of the emails that the average knowledge worker received, they did not need to receive. And 25% of the email they send, they did not need to send. So there's a tremendous amount of waste going on. So here's here's a, a simple hack that you can use. That when we receive each email, we want to make sure that we touch that email only twice. Because it turns out that time studies show the time we waste on email is not the checking, it's not even the replying, it's the rechecking that wastes the most time. And what does that look like? You get an email, you, you read it, you put it away. Maybe 20 minutes later, you open it again. What did that email say? Oh, is it urgent? What do they need? Okay, not right now. Maybe later. You put it away. Maybe an hour or two later, you open it again. So you're touching each email maybe four or five times before you actually reply to it. So that has to stop. What do we do instead? We only touch each email two times. The first time we open that email, we we ask ourselves a question. The only question is, when does this message need a reply? If it never needs a reply, well, we just delete it right away. If it needs a reply today, if it's something that's rather urgent, if it needs a reply today, we label it. And if you don't know how to use labels, you know, Google it. It's it, Every email program can do this. You label the email today. If it needs a reply sometime this week, we label it as this week. Then we return to that email based on a time in our schedule that we have booked for replying to email. Either every day, if we need some time for urgent emails, we have that time set aside. And then we have time once a week. So for me, I call it Message Mondays, where I have three hours set aside to flush through all those emails that were labeled this week. Now, why is this so helpful? You say, well, aren't I just shifting around the, uh, the time that I respond to email? Well, there's a few magic things that happen. So it turns out that for the average knowledge worker, only about 20% of those emails are actually urgent, are emails that do really need a reply today. Here's where the real magic happens. You're not just deferring the time you would spend on those emails for later because there's this this amazing thing that happens, that when you let emails just marinate for a bit in your inbox, when you put them in that folder for this week and you just let them sit there for a minute, what you will find is that about half of those emails you won't even need to reply to ever. How does this happen? This isn't some bit of Harry Potter magic. Here's what happens. Emails that were once ur- that people needed a reply from you uh, for will turn out not to be that important, right? They went on to solve their own question or the email that was, was a question that they had for you earlier now got crushed under the weight of some other priority. And about half of your emails, if you just let them simmer, won't even necessitate a response from you in the first place. 
And is it similar for group chat like Teams or Slack? So with group chat, the cardinal rule of group chat, this comes from Jason Fried. Jason Fried says that we should treat group chat like a hot tub, right? That a hot tub, you don't sit in a hot tub all day long. You'll get pruny and gross. Instead, a hot tub, we get in and we get out. So the biggest mistake with group chat is leaving it up all day long. Right, people, uh, you know, leave up uh, uh, their Slack channels, and they constantly hear that ping and ding constantly, and and they can't do focused work because they're constantly interrupted with what we call an external trigger. So the idea here is to have that as well, time boxed in your day to let people know, look, I'm on Slack, but I'm only on Slack from you know nine a.m. to ten a.m. in the morning. That's when I'm going to be in Slack, but for the rest of the day, I need to do focused work. And is there some? Why do you need to agree it with your team so that you're all kind of in the hot tub at the same time? <laughs> The beauty of, of, of Slack is that it's not meant to be a synchronous channel, mm. right? So when we're talking right now, this is a synchronous channel. We're, we're both live talking to each other at the same time. Slack is not meant to be a synchronous channel. It's an asynchronous channel. So it's perfectly fine if you check it once a day. You don't need to be in it all day long. And in fact, our, our work product uh, suffers when we leave it open all day. And what about having face-to-face or phone conversations over something like email and group chat? Would you put that in as a suitable hack? Nia? So there are certainly types of communication that we want to move into a synchronous communication versus asynchronous communication. You know, one of the problems with email is that it's so easy to send your problem over to someone else and make it their problem. It's almost too easy. <laughs> so when, you know, we see this many times with managers and the people that they manage that as opposed to letting these people think for themselves, they shoot their boss a quick email. Well, what about this? And what about this? And I have that problem. And so what I advise many managers is to let people know that there are certain types of questions that they should just stop by during what what I call office hours. So we set that time on our calendar. We say, hey, look, uh, from four o'clock to six o'clock, for example, my door's open. If you have these type of questions, just put them down on a list, keep them. If they're not urgent, keep them for me. You can come by every Tuesday and Thursday from four o'clock to six o'clock and we'll plow through all these questions. And what we find is by adding a bit of friction to getting these questions answered, you're incentivizing people to think for themselves as opposed to forming this habit of having you think for them. So adding that friction can sometimes be a very good thing. Uh, Let's go now to meetings. (laughs) This is a toughie. What's your hack back? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so meetings uh, we find is a constant and prevalent source of distraction, mostly because we call meetings for the wrong reasons. The truth we don't like to acknowledge in the corporate environment is that so many meetings are called because the person who calls the meeting wants to hear themselves talk out loud. And we, do, we don't like to acknowledge this fact, but we all know it's true, <laughs> that, that the big boss uh, wants to have a brainstorm or wants to just ta- talk something over, when if they instead just put in the time to think for themselves for a bit, they could come up with their own ideas. So again, this is an area where we want to add a bit of friction. And so we want to make sure that every single meeting has two requirements before it can get called. And this isn't a technique that I utilize. This is actually that comes something that comes straight out of Amazon, that before you can call a meeting at Amazon, you need to, number one, circulate an agenda. Number two, you need to have a briefing document. A briefing document is an explanation of the work that you have done already that you put into it, the thought you put in already that you share with the team in advance. So this adds a bit of friction to saying, hey, I want to talk about this. I want to brainstorm something. There's a big myth out there 
that brainstorming is a good use of meeting time. And in fact, the studies find that meetings should not be for brainstorming. That brainstorming, in fact, is best done by yourself or at maximum one other person with one other person. Because what we find is that when we brainstorm as a group, you know, five, six, seven people, what tends to happen during those brainstorms is that the loudest, typically the most male person in the group dominates the conversation and everybody else keeps their ideas to themselves. And so brainstorming is much better done on your own or with just one other person. And then we share those insights. We share those thoughts with the responsible person, the project leader, as the case might be. But we can do that over asynchronous channels. We can email our thoughts. We don't have to all get together in a live meeting to do that because meetings are really for one reason. Meetings should be just for what we call consensus building. That's it. Here's my research. Here's what I've studied. Here's what I've learned. Here's what I think we should do. Are we all in agreement or did I miss something? That's the purpose of the meeting. And so by having an agenda and a briefing doc, this adds that necessary friction and makes sure we focus on the real point of the meeting, which is to gain consensus over a decision. I love that. Beautiful. And so in that agenda being really clear, this is what we actually need to agree on by the end of the meeting. Absolutely. And it sounds so basic, right? This is something we probably, <laughs> you know, learned in student council in high school. But if you think back in your the week that just passed, how many of the meetings you had actually had an agenda? <laughs> let alone a briefing document. I'm guessing, you know, less than half if you're lucky. Thanks so much, Nia. My pleasure. Thank you. And we'll have an extended interview with Nir about how you can rein in distraction to amp up your productivity at work next time on This Working Life. Until then, keep working.